my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hi, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, this week we're in our Halloween week, aren't we? Your favourite time of the year, so when we dust off some kind of horror movie, and this week was the result of our poll, our Twitter poll, in fact. Now, Chris, what are we going to review today? Well, Dave, just before we get into that, I do say my very good friend, but with today's fucking film that we're reviewing, I'm actually contemplating whether you are my very good friend now, because... <laughs> You put a poll out, and the film that won is the 1974 much maligned and banned in multiple countries around the world, Dave, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And let me tell you, my friend, I am not happy with you having to watch this, so I'm not going to speaking to me or our glorious, our wonderful Twitter followers who voted for it. You and every other fucker who voted for it, Dave. I'm, I'm putting the fucking stake in the ground straight away. <laughs> so, had a little peek at your cards there, so I think I don't like, I think I know which way this is going to go. So, Chris, did you you know have you got any kind of history with this? Did was you aware of it? Had you seen it before? No, never never seen it before, Dave. I think it was one of the mythical movies that used to talk about in the playground at school, you know, like, oh my God, have you seen, you know, someone somewhere or someone's older brother always had some sort of dodgy copy of it. It was banned, wasn't it, in the UK for a, ta- for a certain amount of time. Um, I remember my, I think I said before, one of my closest friends loved Freddy Krueger and Nightmare on Elm Street. And you know, I absolutely hated their movies as a kid. I was so petrified of Freddy Krueger. I, I absolutely used to panic when he go, oh, go watch a film at my house. And I'd be like, put, he used to love Robocop, my mate. He's go, put fucking Robocop on or something. But <laughs> he always went on about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And he's been there in the background. And I remember, like, it was just one of them absolutely horrendous movies of its time on it like people you know i mean so if i'm talking mid 80s 14 15 years later mid to late 80s 14 15 years later i'm nine years old something like that, eight nine and it was still talked about then dave so it was like a a mythical movie but yeah let's not fucking kid ourselves there's not one cat in hell's chance that i would have fucking rented this film out <laughs> at all because i would have been crying or been hid behind the sofa dave yeah, I'd, and like you say, I don't, I don't think you could rent it out, could you? You had to get a dodgy copy no. off the market or something like that. I mean, it it was years and years later that it was actually shown uh, or, or put out on general release, wasn't it? So a bit like yourself, you know, I'd heard about this. There's, there's movies like this. I think I Spit on Your Grave is another one that kind of I'm aw- I was aware of, you know, and people would talk about it and how gruesome it is and stuff like that, but never actually saw it and it's it's a bit like chris honestly it's it's a bit like snakes on a plane isn't it you know yeah (laughs) the clue the story is in the title you know exactly which way this is gonna go and so uh yeah i i I didn't really 
feel like I was missing out that much. But you do have that curiosity, don't you, to, to actually see it. Now, I do have to say, they, they redid this one, didn't they? So the first time I saw, let's say, this movie was by proxy. So I saw the reboot, the 2003 reboot, got it out on DVD. Yep. Now, we've discussed multiple times on this project. Neither of us are a particular fan of horror probably you know it's debatable which one of us hates horror more <laughs> you know so I, <laughs> I i i used to well i used to feel like i suffered through it you know so th- for whatever reason i'd watch this stuff but i never particularly enjoyed it certainly didn't enjoy the experience of it nor waking up in the middle of the night or just not being able to get to sleep full stop you know for being for fear of being bloody eaten by a shark or uh, taken out by Freddy Krueger, you know, or, <laughs> or have my window tapped on by the scary fucking vampire in, in Salem's Lot. All of those things, you know, I used to suffer through this shit. But we got out this, we rented out, and this this was when I, I was with my girlfriend at the time, we rented it out, this 2003 one. So it would have, would have been about 2004. And we started watching it. And she she was like, oh, I don't, you know, it got to a point. Let, let's say the hook of the movie. See what I did there? Yeah, I like it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we get to the hook and she's like, oh, no, I can't watch this anymore. Turn it off. And I'm like, no, you're going to fucking watch it because I hate this shit. And it's always you that makes me suffer this. So you're going to sit here, you're going to watch it. You know, sort of half jesting, but half like... No, I don't enjoy this, and and that was a bit of a watershed moment because I from that point I was like, you know what, I don't have to watch horror movies. <laughs> you know, so even if um, you know someone else is is wants to watch it, you know, you don't necessarily have to sit down and suffer through it. So for a few years after this reboot of of watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre or the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, yeah, I went off watching any horror movies for probably somewhere between five and eight years, I would say. And then it's probably only, you know, in, in more recent times where I've actually sort of picked them up and, and quite a lot of the older ones that we go back and, and we watch, you're like, how is this ever scary? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like Nightmare on Elm Street, some of it looks okay, doesn't it? But some of it just looks ridiculous. And I've got a feeling, Chris, if I'd have watched this 1974 movie when I was a kid, obviously, you know, I shouldn't have been watching it when I was a kid, but like all the others, it was the 80s, so no one cared. Um, I think it would have scared the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny, you know, I messaged you, didn't it? Because I put it on and I'm like, wow, this looks fucking really good for a 1974 movie. And I'm like, going. You know, the cinematography is outstanding. Is this like a, a Blu-ray remaster version? No, Dave, I was also watching the 2003 version for about 10 <laughs> minutes and then had to slip back and get the 74 one on, which, yeah, I, I agree with you, Dave. If I had seen this as a kid, I'd have fucking shit myself. There, there's no way. I, I mean, I wouldn't have gone near it. I can imagine my older cousin, who's four years older than me, getting this, you know, the one who was into Arnie and that, absolutely getting this and making us watch it one day, would say, when my nan's making cakes, Dave, and we'll be sat there, like, watching it going, uh, oh, what's this? Oh, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, it's not. It's fucking not. And and, and genuinely, 
yeah, it's, it will never have come. I, I, I like the fact that we've we've it's been picked to get it out of the fucking way, Dave. That's all. I, <laughs> that's the only thing I can say. But the one, the one, I tell you what amazed me, absolutely amazed me, Dave, is the amount of money it made at box office, and it sold sixteen and a half million tickets when it came out in seventy four. Yeah. That is fucking unbelievable. No wonder it was a word of mouth movie, Dave. Yeah, I mean, it, I can imagine, you know, if you were of that age, you know, you were sort of early teenager in 74. I mean, I know, look, we're watching it nearly half a century. <laughs> you know, it's nearly 50 years since it was released, isn't it? So guess what? Yeah. Some bits of it, and it, and it was low budget even then. Um, you know, so... Obviously, it's, it, it doesn't stand up in a lot of ways, I wouldn't say. But you can imagine going back then, it'd be like, oh, I've got to watch this. <laughs> you know. And I can imagine it more so from the blokes. You can imagine, you know, wanting to yeah. to get along, it being a bit of a macho thing, getting the girlfriends along as well, potentially, you know, watch this movie that everyone's talking about. You can see how it would have had this this massive buzz. And I, what we'll say, Chris, so, so you know, potentially going to alienate ourselves a little bit. But, you know, both of us have dabbled in, you know, veganism and vegetarianism. And this this is described or has been described as the ultimate vegetarian movie, because essentially, you know, the the whole idea of it was just, you know, they I think they were driving past a, a slaughterhouse and just started wondering, huh, I wonder if if you had people in there instead of animals, you know, oh, and that was the whole kind of idea of it. And if you think about it. That's that's pretty much what it is, isn't it? It's like a human slaughterhouse. And um, so we've just, on the Comics in Motion podcast, reviewed uh, Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy, haven't we? Guillermo del Toro says he became vegetarian after watching this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I've I've spoke to you about it before I've probably mentioned it maybe not on podcasts but I think what switched me um we've discussed offline haven't we about all the various health benefits and whatever but there's a movie it's on I say a movie it's kind of like a documentary kind of thing called Dominion and it's on um it's on YouTube if you just search for it it's right out there Dominion And it's all these sort of secret cameras set up in these slaughterhouses and what have you and how it's supposed to work and how it kind of really works. And, you know, for me, I remember thinking at the time, I'm watching a fucking horror movie here, but it's real, <laughs> you know? Um, and and so, you know, that was one of the things that sort of gave me a prod and, and made me, made me t- sort of certainly eat a lot less meat and stuff. So, um so yeah, I, I just thought it was interesting that I had no idea that that you know this had that kind of this movie had that kind of effect on people. No, and I think I think the whole concept, and I agree, Dave, because look, you know, I, I was vegan for eight months. You've been vegan a lot longer, haven't you? And and I'm now back being veggies. When lockdown started, I went back eating meat because we couldn't really shop or anything. I'd had me off on my shoulder, so I couldn't go out anywhere. And uh, I just found it a real struggle and I didn't enjoy it. But when you watch it, and I've been veggie again now for nearly three and a half months, four months. Dave, I tell you now, I'm so glad I'm veggie. And, it, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching this, I'm like, holy fuck. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a great point with this movie. And 
what I'll say, Dave, the whole idea of the VHS Strikes Back is most of the time, you know, other than there's some duffers you threw in there, Dave, and obviously I've got some classics like Notional Surrender and that thrown in there. Fucking eat my um, dust. Eat my dust, <laughs> another legendary movie. Um, but what, what is... The thing is we wanted a lot of movies that were like have a lot of pop culture references and things like that. And the one thing I would say with this is this created a whole genre of movies, Dave, even down to stuff like Scream and that for the jump scares and things like that. There's going to be some influences from this movie. Uh, and, and probably, Dave, that's the only fucking positive I will be saying on today's review. But yeah, <laughs> I can see that there is a lot of stuff, especially Leatherface. Yeah, I mean, Leatherface is kind of there in pop culture, isn't he? But I don't mm. think he's quite as as much at the forefront as the likes of Freddy Krueger, the likes of Michael Myers, you know, Jason. Jason. I think yeah. they're like your instantly recognisable um, A-listers, if you like. I, I kind of feel like Leatherface is a bit more B-list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is, but I do know who he is, Dave. So if you said to yeah. me, Leatherface, I know straight away where he's from. But yes, it's of its time. Obviously, someone our kids' age, if you said Leatherface, they'd be like, they've been on a sunbed too long or something. <laughs> they wouldn't know what that is, but we would know what that is. So, <laughs> well, I, I can say, I mean, um, what was it I got? Oh, I got the latest Mortal Kombat and Leatherface is on there. Fucking hell, some of those uh, fatalities. <laughs> they oh, are yeah. grim. Um, yeah. So yeah, he definitely. No, he, what I'm saying is he's definitely in there, and I put him down at that kind of second tier. You know, I'm not saying he's like a Z lister or or anything like that. It's just I don't really understand because he is so kind of iconic. I don't quite understand why he's there. You know, not there at the at the head table. Yeah, true. That's true. Maybe because it's four hour time. Do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, um, I mean, I was born 78. You were about six at this point. So when it comes... Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> so... No, down there. <laughs> well, actually, I, I think... You know what I think it is, Chris? Probably because it was banned. So, so it's yeah. not as if no one watched it, but so many uh, or so fewer people watched this one as opposed to, you know, all the others, the the Halloweens, the uh, Friday the 13th movies, you know, through the, let's say the 80s. I know, I know the kind of um, Halloween came out, was it 77 or 78? It, it was late 70s, wasn't it? So people had actually watched these movies, so it had that resonance with them. Whereas, yeah. you know, a lot of people wouldn't have seen this at the time of, of kind of growing up and, you know, they might have seen the reboot or they might have see, sought out the uh, a, a dodgy copy or, or what have you. So maybe it's just that. Maybe it's just accessibility of it. I think that's right. To be fair, joking aside, Dave, and I apologise again. I always throw in the old uh, age joke, don't <laughs> I? Sorry. But, um, but no, no, no. But genuinely, I think you're right because it wasn't accessible, Dave. It would be like an exclusive club. Who, who, do you know who Leatherface is? Wink, wink. No, I wouldn't have known when I was a kid, Dave. I just knew the, the movie name because of what it was. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's a great point, to be fair. Now, Chris, should we get into our trailer? Let's go.
Now we start off, we meet Sally and her paraplegic brother Franklin and their friends Jerry, Kirk and Pam. And they visit the grave of the Hardesty's grandfather to investigate reports of vandalism and grave robbing. Afterwards, they decide to visit the old Hardesty family homestead. Along the way, they pick up a hitchhiker who talks about his family who worked at the old slaughterhouse. Now, Chris... What do you make to the opening of this movie? Well, Dave, the fucking hillbilly they picked up started cutting his fucking hand, Dave. And that's exactly what I felt from the minute I watched this piece of fucking trash. <laughs> it is absolutely a load of shit. <laughs> I, I hated every minute of it. Whoever voted for it, I will see you guys down the line, including yourself, Mr. Horrocks, even the, or the audacity of putting it on our uh, public vote. <laughs> this is... Honestly, it is a fucking joke of a film. Uh, you've got you've got a, a main protagonist who looks like fucking Wurzel Gummidge chasing after people, Dave. I mean, come on. It's a fucking disgrace of a film. The, the whole gang, the groovy gang, fucking, oh, we need it with Scooby. You go, you know, and all that crap. <laughs> it's a load of nonsense. You've got the paraplegic guy, Franklin, who I don't profess to, you know, in a lot of these movies, you always want people to survive. And I kept thinking... I hope you're the first one to go because he's a fucking <laughs> horrible character. What a terrible, terrible actor. And I know it's a low budget movie. I get the way they filmed it was, was quite clever, but Dave, this, I, I don't think I've even watched this. I said I'd watched this. And when I watched it this time, I'm like, this is fucking garbage. I don't, th- I think I've seen a couple of little snippets, especially the end bit, which is quite iconic. Dave, you've done me up like a kipper here, mate, because this is the worst fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but you've got to take it for what it is, isn't it? It's, you know, this is a 1974 low-budget movie. You know, it, it's made for around a hundred grand, $100,000. And, you know, it, it created a ripple way beyond its budget. Dave. <laughs> Dave, 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 you can sell me the dream, my friend, all you want. This is, without doubt, and I'm saying it early, this is now the worst film I have ever, ever seen. Glenn mentioned it on our episode, didn't he, when we did Remo Williams' What's Chris's Worst? Dave, this is head and shoulders above any of the utter shit what, you've made me what, watch. What is it displaced? I, I can't remember which which was the last one. Um. I don't know. I mean, Malrats was pretty close. I must admit, it almost got the famous Chris saying, but <laughs> I don't know. There's been quite a few, but this is this is just an abomination, and it's an absolutely appalling film. The, the, why would you go and travel across country because your grandfather's grave had been decimated, Dave? It, it just doesn't make any sense. There's the whole preconception of it, and the fact that their brother and sister, Franklin in the wheelchair, and his sister Sally, it doesn't make it, it literally hardly alluded to. Um, oh. 
Dave, you've just done me. I don't know what to say. Let's, let's put it out there initially. You know, you don't like horror films at all. So I think it's on a curve because I don't think it's. I don't think this is the most terrible film I've ever seen. I think you can absolutely tell the budget. <laughs> you know, it's you know, there's there's not much to it at all. And I think in the first half hour, very little happens at all, and it's it certainly. It isn't something that I would call creepy, uh, scary as such, so much as just it, it was creepy. Like the hitchhiker, you know, I wouldn't have picked him up for a start. <laughs> but as but soon, I'm say that, as, yeah. soon as he starts going, it's like, right, you can fuck right off, you know? Um, because it's very clear he's he's not all there, and and you know you just don't want to uh, surround yourself with people like that. But you you have to put yourself into that 1974 mindset as well. You know, I mean, around that time, what else have you got? Was it um, Man with the Golden Gun? I think was 74. Um, what else? There's one of your Burt Reynolds movies. Uh, seem to remember machine. the Longest Yard. Yeah, the Me Machine, yeah. Death Wish, yeah. that was a 74 yeah. movie. So, I I don't know. I, I think it is very Scooby-Doo, isn't it? You know, the way they set off in their camper van. But I kind of feel it, like it is a bit, you know, a bit 70s, a bit groovy. What I'll say, Chris, is when, when the violence does actually start, I mean, when you get the hitchhiker and he cuts Franklin's arm, right? That's That's one of the very few pieces of blood or scenes of blood, you actually see. Do you want to know why yeah. that is, Chris? They have the budget. Uh, well, <laughs> probably a bit of that. Old Toby <laughs> Hooper. Remember Toby Hooper, the guy who did Poltergeist? You know that yep. that PG yep. Poltergeist? Yeah. Well, in this one, Chris, he was also shooting for a PG rating. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? <laughs> Fucking hell. Right, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> Let me, let, let's just step through this. Um, it, right, so a PG. <laughs> you fucking, that makes it even worse, right? So, I, I think right. you got that one slightly wrong, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've got films like fucking Turner and Hooch out there. You know, I remember uh, Look Who's Talking, Dave. They were all fucking PGs, you know, uh, Three Men and a Baby. Fucking Texas Jet. I know they were later on, but what is this fucking shit? <laughs> right, Dave, listen to me. I, honestly, what, what I don't understand is, right, they pick this hillbilly up, right, from nowhere, don't they? They literally cut to him in the back of the van, right? And he's just sat there, just... As, as soon as you would have pulled up to this guy, you'd have just fucking drove off, wouldn't you? You would have absolutely... Not even attempted to stop for this guy. And if he did stop, as soon as he started speaking, he'd have gone, we are actually going to get killed. And and <laughs> that whole scene with Franklin when he cuts his hand and that. And then the guy's like, um, it is like a Scooby-Doo baddie where he's like running across next to the van, but like he could get them. And he's sort of like going too, too, he's sort of running too fast and realizes, and he's like, oh shit, I better slow down here. And he starts like slowing down, like, oh, I nearly got like, you. It's like the flash, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like, fucking leather faces later as well. He's like a fucking gazelle, Dave. But the, um, but yeah, oh, yeah. And you're right, though, Dave. It's, 
I started watching it thinking, right, he's setting a bit of a scene here. They're all fucking annoying as hell. I've never seen a team of people where you know in a horror movie that literally every one of them is going to get decimated. And you know, horror movie DNA, I've watched enough of them, even though I hate them. You can pretty much pick out of the gang who he's going to get killed. So I knew straight away the driver's going. The guy who looks like he's out of ABBA, the fucking boyfriend of Sally. <laughs> Sally's probably going to survive. I wasn't, it was a toss up between her and Franklin. I'm thinking, well, Franklin's in a wheelchair. He's not going to be able to get away from a guy with a chainsaw or whatever way he gets him. So he's definitely gone. So you could, I, I literally picked the pieces of all of them who was going to get killed. It was just a toss up between Franklin and Sally. All the others were just fucking make, um, just little paperweights in this story. <laughs> But yeah, you're right. It's very eerie. There's a bit of like dialogue, but but there's loads of like laughing. The girls are constantly laughing like hyenas in the background, and it really drowns out any meaningful dialogue for me. It just especially when in that house. And then Dave, and I know you mentioned this before. Come on, fucking Franklin. I mean, he just fall down a hill, doesn't he? He goes for a piss in a fucking, oh, fucking tip, and he falls down <laughs> a I, hill. I'm going mean... to hell if I found that really funny. <laughs> <laughs> No, because I am with you. And then the fucking truck drives past him, doesn't it? It, it fucking he ends up. I guess he ends up with piss all over him, and he's just he's just an angry little man, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's a very bizarre character, and I think I think as well. What what's weird is nothing came from that scene where he rolls down the hill. The next minute, he's just sat in the back of the van, isn't he? You know, <laughs> and then they get his character. But when when you've got this like 35 minute segment of them just driving around, going to the cemetery, meeting all these hillbillies, um, they go to this house, obviously the grandfather's house, and then Franklin just ends up downstairs. And because obviously he's in a wheelchair, the poor guy can't get up the stairs, he starts blowing raspberries, Dave, like a little four year old child. <laughs> and I'm looking at the screen thinking, and I genuinely was thinking, Come on, Wurzel, come out and just kill this fucker for fuck's sake. He's one of the worst actors I have ever seen. Terrible, Dave. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't great, was he? But again, that now that does speak to the budget. So, you know, some of the things they had to do, obviously they had to cast a load of unknowns because they just didn't have money to, to pay for decent actors. They also had to shoot for seven days a week because, you know, when they do these movies, you have to hire all the equipment, you know. And then, uh, so they need to use it as much as possible so that they can get it back and, and keep the costs down low. So, yeah, he's not the greatest actor. He's intentionally made to be quite a, um, you know, unpleasant little character, isn't he? So I, I, I don't know why, you know, what, what the story... You know, you got a guy in a wheelchair. I guess he's, he's just supposed to be this little angry handicap bloke but um yeah it did come off particularly bad i think yeah it, it, i mean look i don't know whether he is in a wheelchair or not but but it genuinely just was really uncomfortable to know that i kept thinking he's definitely going this guy and it's just a slight twist on the genre but can i just say so so the guy who played franklin the guy called paul part uh, partain right the guy who plays Leatherface really didn't get on with him. Um, didn't get on in, in front of the screen either. And uh, so, but apparently they met years later and he realized, or Gunnar Hansen realized that Partain was, uh, he was like a method actor. 
So he stayed in that unpleasant character for the whole time of filming. <laughs> so, you know, you can imagine he'd, he'd, we only get to see, you know, an hour and a half or whatever of, of him being a, a bit of a prick. But uh, these guys who were shooting with him, I had to put up with him fucking 24 <laughs> seven. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I mean, Dave, I mean, right. So Robert De Niro is one of the, he's a big method actor, isn't he? Uh, I think he's, like they say, he really does go for the character. He embraces it, everything. And I've heard that over some of the more recent actors as well. They they play the character um, really well, really well, like when they do it. But they can be absolute bastards. Christian Bale's one of the worst. And he, he even kept his Batman accent. I'm not going there, Dave, trust me. But he kept that accent, didn't he, when we talked about this, on set as well. And he does it even for the commentary for the movies, even though he is from Wales, you know, he lives yeah, from yeah. Wales and, and he has got, he sounds like a, he's from London actually, a Cockney, but it, he has got that American accent. And he, and that's when there's a the thing I watched with Ben Affleck the other week and Ben Affleck's talking on Graham North from a couple of years ago with Henry Cavill and that they were promoting, I think it's Batman v Superman. And he says, you know, he, he, I was in this uh, shop and this guy comes over, oi mate, you know, and he's like, I didn't really, he goes, it's Christian Bale and we're in a fancy dress thing and he's trying to give me tips on like, make sure there's a zipper and the back suit and all this. He went, I didn't even know he was, he was English. I thought he was, uh, if he was British, I thought he was American. So I can buy that, but he's acting, he's fucking rubbish. If he's a method actor, fuck me. Where did he get his um, qualifications on the back of a Kellogg's box or something, Dave? He's terrible. I think for me, you know, it doesn't, being a method actor doesn't mean you're a good actor. (laughs) 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 All it means is that that you try and get into that character and you basically stay in in character all the time, you know, until basically the, the film wraps up, I guess. You know, so uh, uh, lots and lots of them do it, don't they? I mean, Marlon, Marlon Brando as well. He's probably, you know, one of the oh, yeah. most prevalent kind of method actors. Um, uh, what's the guy who plays? Oh, what's his name? Blinking uh, cinema royalty, British royalty, played Professor Snape in uh, Harry Potter. Oh, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman, yeah, yeah. He's a big method actor as well. Um but yeah, I just think he just wasn't very good. <laughs> but he just stayed in character. So, uh, I mean, do you recognize him from anything else, Chris? No, exactly. No. So- <laughs> <laughs> you wanky, well done with that. I've got to mind that day. Not very good. Yeah, but again, you know they. they um, you know, they're all from Texas. So again, they haven't cast the net far and wide to find the best actors. They they've worked within the budget that they had even though they they did actually go way over budget which meant they had to film fill up sell off various uh bits of the film rights and stuff but chris for me you can see why this is part of the golden age of slasher films isn't it you know you've got this one in 74 you've got halloween i mentioned before 78 you know uh, after that you've got um Oh, so, so Black Christmas as well. That was, that was another big slasher film from 74 as well. Uh, Friday the 13th came out in the 80s, uh, in 1980. So, you know, for me, this is this is at the forefront of, you know, that golden age. And so I, I do think, you know, watching it as we've done, because I, I can confirm as well, I thought I'd seen it, but, but I hadn't. I'd just seen clips, you know, certainly the, the dinner scene at the end, I'd, I'd seen bits of that. 
<laughs> Sounds very civilized, that doesn't it? Oh yes, uh, polish the silver and let's have some dinner. Uh, <laughs> but so yeah, um, no, I, I just think you have to you have to watch this film and appreciate it for what it was in the time that it was shot. Yeah, look, I, I do agree with that, Dave. I do, I do completely agree with that, and I think. What what was shocked me more than anything was so when we get to the point where Leatherface finally gets introduced because we've had all this sort of foreshadowing, haven't there? There's been like bones, there's been limbs, nails, tooths, you know, there's been all sorts of stuff planted around these houses, and there's just like one house in there that they stumble across. I didn't realise that he was just a person. I thought Leatherface was a bit like a you know, like a bit like a Jason or a Mike Myers, mm-hmm. where they're just completely maniacal, but it's actually a person which shocked me to be honest because I didn't I don't know what I expected if that makes sense I've seen the, the character I've seen the chainsaw in a lot of the you know photography stuff but then when I saw him he's a big guy a very big guy you know but but again it didn't correlate however they set the house up really creepy the house is is fucking horrible isn't it it's yeah. really clever the way they've done that they did do well with that but that's about the only praise I'm giving it, Dave. It's it's just a disgrace. So so old Gunnar Hansen, yeah, he was he's a big bloke anyway, but he wore heels as well, just to give him that big oh uh, bit of extra uh, height. Now it it does get to about half an hour through the film, doesn't it? You know, and it, up until that point, it is creepy. I mean, I I skipped over the the kind of opening credits, but you know, for me, those opening credits are creepy as fuck now i know you watch this in the daytime but i watched it in the night you know as we said we were gonna do you know and and it was pretty damn creepy but yeah i just that first half hour it's just the anticipation isn't it that something's gonna go wrong all of a sudden and i must admit chris what an entrance you know because it's gone on for so long and you're just like, oh, when, when's this, you know, this isn't scary at all is what was going through my mind. Next minute, he opens the door and fuck me, all <laughs> Leatherface drops a big fucking sledgehammer on him, you know, and, and pounds his head away. And you're like, holy shit, that was an introduction into a movie, wasn't it? And can you imagine being in the cinema at that time? Well, you've never seen anything like it. I don't think, not properly like that, Dave. You know, we'd had like the Hammer House of Horrors crap, but it was not like this where it was maniacal, was it? And he he got hold of him, didn't he, and just decimated him. And and you know what? It's funny you should say that, though. The girl who's with him, when she ends up in that room and she's crying on the floor and you're like, just get up and get out, and he gets her. Oh. He's chopping the guy's head off, but you don't see any blood. And I must admit, now you've said that, that's the one thing that jarred me. I was thinking, why is there no blood? You know, he was sawing his head off, supposedly. I mean, let's face it, it old, old Toby Hooper must have had a bit of a screw loose, mustn't he? I mean, to think that, you know, because for me, one of the most iconic bits of the movie is obviously when he picks up the girl, because he's just, you know, he's such a big fucking hulking bloke. He just picks her up and sticks her on the meat hook. It's just like, holy shit. <laughs> you know, can you imagine? And then just watching him soar away. Uh, uh, you know, her boyfriend's head there. But, you know, Toby Hooper's shooting that and thinking, oh, yeah, the fucking kids will love this. <laughs> you know, don't don't show him any blood, though. Don't show him any blood because we might not get that PG rating. I, just delusion beyond anything. I think of all the movies we've gone back and watched, Chris, 
I can't think of any more deluded than that. Now, I've been giving old Steven Spielberg a bit of shit for like scaring the crap out of me as a kid, uh, as a kid with uh, the likes of Poltergeist and Jaws. But that is nothing on this. And they had to keep going back um, because initially it got an X rating. You know, uh, uh, usually in the US, those are, those are reserved for uh, your nutty movie, movies, aren't they, Chris? <laughs> So, so eventually, <laughs> you know, so apparently, allegedly, um, but eventually they kept resubmitting different cuts of it, taking bits more out. And eventually they got to an R rating and then they sort of stopped there, you know, so rather than carrying on trying to get this PG rating. I mean, I, I don't know what you could cut out and, and leave like, I don't know, all the non-scary bits, you know, you'd have to do that, wouldn't you, to get a PG rating. Uh, it's just for me yeah. it's absolutely balmy to think that it could ever be that but um no i, I just thought it was it was quite interesting how you know it, it it does jar a little and i guess in the reboot i can't remember off the top of my head it's been so long since i've seen it now but um i'm assuming with the reboot they just thought right well we know what this is now so you know they probably put plenty of blood in there yeah, and, and I think as well, Dave, like, you know, I've seen some of the things like it's a video nasty. I remember everyone saying it's a video nasty. It's horrendous. It wasn't, and it isn't. You know, whether the version that we've watched is a, is, the unedit, is an edited one, because I know they had loads of problems, like you said, about getting it passed through a lot of the film boards, didn't they? And it's not anything. I don't even say it's a 15, really. It's more, for me, why I just hated it and I had to just keep stopping it, was just, I just find it appalling. And I know they filmed it like a documentary. That's why, I mean, Dave, who the hell am I to criticise? It's just my opinion. But genuinely, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's at 89%. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, people love it. They love the movie. And, and I'm sure a lot of fans do. I'm, and I'd be interested with Tony Farina, because our good friend Tony, he, he likes a bit of horror, doesn't he, Dave? So I'd love to know what he I reckon Scott will be a fan of this one. Scott. Yeah, Scott probably will. This sort of, uh, it's it's almost like an art style film, isn't it, Dave? They've, they've they've worked within the budget, and I appreciate that. But my God, I just found it a real slog. And I think you're right. It could be my bias that I just hate horror movies in general. I wasn't scared. I wasn't like, all right, I did watch it at like eleven o'clock, uh, about nine o'clock in the morning, Dave. But you know, that's <laughs> that's by the by, like you know what I mean. With the lights on on your With phone, probably. On. Yeah, yeah. With all the doors <laughs> open and uh, a big a big gun in my pocket just in case. But but genuinely, I, I didn't find any of it uh, scary. I just found it really unsettling and just I don't know. I think it's obvious talent. It's 50 years old nearly, Dave. And you're right. I've got to look at it from that perspective. As much as I'm doing my usual and going at it, but I just I personally will never ever watch this again. I think it's a just a horrible, horrible movie. And maybe that's a good thing because that's what they were going for. I don't know. Yeah, I think it it's got to be unsettling. I think if it's not unsettling, there's something slightly wrong with you. And I'll probably uh you know steer clear of you you know because you've got sociopathic (laughs) tendencies but um no i just think uh, it is supposed to be unsettling and like say if you if you think of it like it's basically a slaughterhouse for humans that's it that's the start and end of it and like i say it's just part of this golden age of slasher movies that 
you know, I, I'm glad we've gone back and watched it. Like I say, I, I convinced myself as well that, that I'd watched it, but but I definitely hadn't. Um, so yeah, I, I, and and I think the the gruesome bits, like I say, it gets a good half hour in. I think the gruesome bits probably a few and far between, really, aren't they? You know, I mean, after you know, he decimates most of the crew initially, uh, or Leatherface. And then uh, Sally and Franklin escape into the woods, don't they? You know, yeah. and you get a bit of uh, a bit of a chase there. And, and did you shed a tear when Franklin got a chainsaw to the chest there? No, Dave. It's <laughs> funny enough. I was actually fucking really pleased because it was like good. Oh, if God, I, he only I don't have to listen to him moaning anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but then I think it it almost. It almost feels like a different movie then for me, for me, because the way the way it's shot is, is really interesting. And again, I, I think one of the things that probably jar with you a little bit, and again, because you, you love lots of the seventies movies, don't you? I mean, yeah, yeah, I Star do. Wars. You know, you've got your Burt Reynolds films, Old Smokey and the Bandit, there, things like that. But because you've watched them from a young age, and and you know over and over again over the years you forgive it but but 70s movies are fucking slow chris (laughs) there's not a lot that happens in them even star wars when you go back and watch it compared to modern movies you're like you know what i never really realized how slow it was you know um so I, i think you feel that quite a bit more but I find it really interesting when when they capture Sally and they basically get the back them back to the house. You have this interesting dynamic with the the family there. You've got like the cook, you know, who doesn't really seem to be that into it. You know, he, he they they seem to want to keep Sally alive for a little bit longer. You know, and and give her a bit a bit of a, you know drain her blood. They like the old creepy grandpa. You know, that for some reason, they're, they're wanting the grandpa to kill, you know, slice the girl's throat so she can bleed out into the into the bucket, you know, and he's, he's so fucking old and crap. <laughs> he keeps yeah. dropping the knife. Uh, uh, sorry, he's got like a, a little hammer thing, hasn't he, you know, to, to kind of give her that killer blow. So, but leading up to that bit, there's so many shots and... and Chris, I don't know how they cast this girl, but she has got the greenest eyes I think I've ever seen. I think if that was shot yeah. today, I would think that was sort of, you know, a bit filtered or something like that. But Very piercing. Yeah, really piercing. And honestly, you know, I, don't, I haven't seen anything about the the actress, but I mean, she looks genuinely petrified. Yeah, she does, Dave. She does. I mean, it is Scooby-Doo again, though, the way Leatherface is chasing around and all that just before she does get recaptured. He's there. He's got her about six or seven times to kill her. And then then the next minute, she's 10 foot in front of him. Then he's about a foot away from her. Then he's not. The the continuity is not very good. But yeah, that whole scene where they're sat at the table with the family and we've got the hitchhiker, he's his brother, and he's uh, Leatherface's brother and all that. And the sat there, that's horrible. It is fucking hanging. And you're right, she she's probably about the only redeemable actor or actress in this that has a semi-realistic um, tone to what she's doing because she's genuinely shaking, isn't she, in that day? Yeah. She really, really is petrified. And I must admit, the only way she can get out 
is by jumping through a window. It's very 18 the way she goes through the window. But again, she's getting chased and she must get stabbed about six or seven times on the main road. And then obviously, I mean, the only thing that's a big thing is quite funny is when the fucking hitchhiker gets run over by the guy. And and oh, I'm looking yeah, at yeah, it, yeah. the fucking, the guy in the truck's called Black Mamba. And I'm like, so about stereotyping. Oh, Jesus Christ. But then, exactly. And then uh, Ghostface, uh, Ghostface, fucking old day, wrong film, Leatherface <laughs> goes after him. who's trying to help her. He gets like a, a, a wrench. And he starts putting the chainsaw on the door of the truck. It would have shredded that door to pieces, Dave. He's just making a little indent. And I was like, oh, fucking hell. But again, obviously, as a movie, this guy does a runner and a truck comes. And and, and she does genuinely look petrified on the back of that that, uh, truck. The black guy, though, I couldn't figure out what happened to him because she just legged it. Running? (laughs) She just legged it. But I thought he, he... He sort of disappeared, so I wasn't sure if he got killed off by Leatherface. No, no, he he hit him with a wrench, and then obviously the chainsaw hits it, goes across Leatherface's leg, doesn't it? And then he just keeps running, and then some random truck comes, spins round, and takes her the other way. And then you get that. I've seen that before, that iconic scene at the end. That's just weird, isn't it? Like Leatherface is there just wielding his, his chainsaw, which is... I don't get that bit. <laughs> no, it's like it's like, a, it's like dancing. It's like a music video or something, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was completely out of context for the whole film, which is almost as if to say it's only a film, people. You know, like that, like to the to the audience, it's very, very out of place with the whole setting of the movie. I wonder, I I wonder what music would go quite nicely with that. <laughs> uh, I've got one for you, Dave. <laughs> no, I don't know. No, I don't know. I don't know. But it does. It almost feels like when you watch one of them bloody mobile phone adverts or something, you've got the sun coming down and they're all dancing, you know, this great life they all lead because they've all got a fucking 5G phone or something, you know. But it, it, it just feels completely out of place. I spent too much time watching them, Dave, sorry. Yeah, just do it like a, a Nike advert or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he's going for there because obviously Leatherface, you know, he's got, he's, he's obviously been born with some kind of, deformity you know they're all they all look inbred and stuff don't they you know playing up the the hillbilly tropes um so i don't know if he's just if he's supposed to be mad i, I tell you what else i was thinking chris i thought fucking hell i wonder if that is a real I, i'm imagining that's a real chainsaw so it just yeah. it just looked incredibly dangerous to me you know i, I don't know maybe they had a prop um but yeah, it kind of looked real to me. So it looked real, but not particularly menacing. I, I'm assuming he was going for some kind of menacing thing where he's just supposed to be like really mad and kind of out of control. But yeah, I, I agree. It, it just, that bit looked pretty weird. But where Sally is on the back of the truck, you know, I mean, she is. Oof. Never survived, Dave. I, I was just going to say. I mean, she is traumatized beyond belief, and and you know she's survived. But Jesus Christ, imagine if if that was real, you, you would never recover from that. No PTSD, Dave. She'd probably be end up bloody topping herself or something, wouldn't she? Because there's no way you'd you'd be a nervous wreck for the rest of your life. Yeah, you? you really would. You would. You think about it realistically, and and that's one of the things that as we get older, as kids, you didn't give a fuck. You'd be like. Oh, I've just got you know, I've got away from Freddy Krueger there, but it's like, well, hang on, Freddy Krueger comes in your dreams, 
no one's going to sleep ever again. If that was the case, they'd all be absolutely uh, gone, wouldn't they? Because you'd be like, well, is he ever going to come back? So, so I think we, we you think of it differently, don't you, as an adult now, Dave? Because I there's so many films, even like the Lethal Weapons, the Diards. It's like once everyone gets rescued, everyone's like, oh, it's great. Oh, yeah, let's have a beer. Everything's all good again. And it's like, well, no, in real life, you'd have your house like Fort Knox, wouldn't you? You yeah. think you'd be, you know. It, it, you know, Weird. you know, Chris. One of one of my old bosses, like, and, uh, <laughs> still a mate of mine actually. And, and, but he was trying to make an impression. He he just come into this new place at work, and it, you know, there was a few people who were a bit jaded there, and and uh, so he'd always say his tagline was, "It is not a problem. It is an opportunity." <laughs> and I remember saying to him, "I was like, it's not really though, is it? You know, I, I mean, in life, I, I know what you're trying to say, but." It's not really, and I, I just my mind's just wandered to that because uh, can you imagine that the the girl gets in, she gives a statement to the police, and he goes, "Yeah, well, this this has been really bad, but I mean, see it as an opportunity." <laughs> You'd have dived across the fucking table, wouldn't you? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? What the? Thing? Yeah. So, um... <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it just reminded me of that bit then. But um... so, Chris. Should we get into our final review? Let's go. Now, Chris, I, I think I'll let you go first on this one. <laughs> <laughs> right, Dave. Uh, this is without doubt, the worst thing I've ever seen. I've given a little bit of props to Sally and some of the way it's shot, but for me, it's an appalling movie, an absolute shit show of just horror nonsense. You know, it's of its time, I totally get it. It's 50 years old. I, I have to try and give it a little bit of crux and not just go all in, but I can't. He looks like Wurzel Gummidge, Dave. He really does. <laughs> he looks like a proper cheap kid's program. It's almost Scooby-Doo in its execution. I've mentioned it a few times. It really is. I know they get killed and she get, one of the girls gets trussed up on the spike and all that stuff and the hooking, as you said before. But I just hated it from the start to the end. And, and I know we've watched and, I, and my mind and my opinion changes all the time. Like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. But this, I genuinely think now, Dave, this is the peak this is the ultimate film that I absolutely hate and I will never, ever go back and watch this movie, ever, no matter what. I, I, I'd rather watch Tank Girl than this, Dave, and that is a disgrace. Weird science. This, yeah, I'd watch it again, Dave. I, I really would. I mean, obviously, it's got Kelly LeBrock in, so there is some redeeming characters, but I can't watch this again. It's truly woeful. I respect the budget. I respect what they did. But other than maybe Sally, none of the characters are redeemable. I don't like any of them. I was quite happy when Leatherface was kicking the shit out of him and, and, and totally decimating him. He just did me head in. So, Dave, it's no surprise where this is going. Now, this isn't going just to Dan Tween, Dave. This is going to Dan Tween. Right in the middle of it, Dave, in the volcano, in the middle of the planet, as it got blown up, then it gets picked up again by Darth Vader and he then smashes it into Dan, uh, not to Dan Sweeney, Tatooine, Dave, and blows that up as well. It is the worst thing ever. And you, my friend, I have got some payback up my sleeve in a few weeks. And anybody listening, be careful what you wish for, my friend. 
<laughs> I think you'd already got me back, hadn't you? Or, or oh no, because oh, no, I've done more rats, um, and, and we did Last Boy Scout after that, didn't we? So uh... yeah, oh yeah, I've got, oh yeah, I've got something in a couple of weeks. Dave is going to make it. Them two, you're two nil up there. This one film's going to equalise it. Don't you worry. So I think we're massively far apart on this one. Um, I I just think I. I it's not it's not something that i'm going to watch again you know in in the next year even I, I you know it's not like you said before it's genuinely unsettling i told you about you know going vegan for a while because you know i'd seen this kind of thing done to animals seeing the same kind of thing done to humans is is equally ups, as upsetting so yeah I, I i didn't enjoy it it's not like one that i'm you know, chomping on my popcorn on and, and watching and loving. But it feels like a, an iconic movie to me. You know, it, it feels like I'm watching history, you know, and, and that time capsule of, of being able to go back and think, okay, what was life like? You know, what would it have been like in the cinema to watch this at that time? And, you know, what was cinema like at the time? How did this influence all the things that came after with the various, uh, you know, slasher movies like Halloween, like Friday the 13th and what have you? So th- this feels genuinely iconic for me. And the fact that, you know, especially in the UK, it had been it initially come out on the cinema and then been banned. And then, of course, we had, we had uh, the whole video nasties kind of uh, issue around the mid 80s in the UK as well, didn't it? So didn't we? So, you know, it got banned yeah. again. So it's like the late 90s. It was 1999 before they finally released it again. And, you know, so that's like. 25 years pretty much after uh, it was initially released. So, you know, there's not many films that, you know, have that kind of legacy, you know, that they can leave behind. I do think a lot of the film is pretty dull, but in the dull moments, you know, it's still pretty creepy. And then so when you get those vicious uh scenes with leatherface later it seems to seems to accentuate those and and make them uh you know make them have more resonance make make them have more meaning so for me this i i can see why a lot of people do like this and and go back to it i say like it you know if you want to creep yourself out and make yourself feel uncomfortable I'm going to send this to Pleasantville. Not because, you know, if you release this on cinemas now, would it stand up? Well, no, it's just a very obvious 70s movie. And it comes with all those traits, you know. But I think this, like I say, this deserves to go into the museum. Truly iconic, truly influential. And uh, no, I'm glad I watched it. Dave, if I could see you right now, I'd be doing that gif or the uh, the meme, get out. <laughs> get out, don't come back. <laughs> My word. And I, I will say, if, though, if you, Dave, if you I could actually see me, what, what I'm doing is, is no, no. You know when uh, someone does the the um, the motion as if they're d- winding up a, a jack-in-the-box? <laughs> <laughs> a finger, yeah, middle finger. <laughs> You know what I like, though, David? I must call myself out for this. It's got such a great backstory of a movie. As you've said, there's loads of great bits of tidbits you've said there, loads of little 
bits of information. That, and I'll be honest with you, Dave, I usually sit there and I will research a little bit. I fucking was like, I can't wait to get onto this film to get it out of the way. <laughs> I'm really pleased you've come back with some stuff because you're right. It, it's almost like the Fantastic Four one we did on Comics in Motion. Million pound budget. It's a disgrace of a film. And we watched that first. And then we watched the Prime documentary, which is absolutely outstanding. And it made me feel like an absolute bastard because what we'd scored it, I'd put it right to the bottom on comics. Anna. And then when you realise what had happened to the actors and actresses and the way they were treated and lied to, and it just sort of ruined their careers, is a fucking disgrace. So, so in that respect, I probably should be better on it, but I can't. I've just got to go off one what I like, and I hated it. And it's not my sort of genre anyway. And it was just a 123 minutes of hell for me, Dave. <laughs> and I can't work out, as I said before, if that was the whole point of it or not. But I will never watch this again, ever. Well, it could have been worse. You could have been hung up on the hook and had to watch it that way. <laughs> well, yeah, true, Dave. <laughs> At least that would have took my mind off watching it. But um, anyway, <laughs> David, now we have got, a movie that we've had requested a couple of times for next week. And I think you do the impressions better than me of the lead character, Dave. We've alluded to a few times this movie or this person. Uh, but Dave, what are we doing next week? And can you introduce the trailer? Well, this is the king of bullshito, isn't it? We've spoken to him a few times. <laughs> and all I'll say is, get my pies out of the oven. <laughs> He's a, he's a cook with a ladle and a bowl of soup, and he means business, day. Let's get into the trailer. It was the final voyage of America's mightiest battleship. What's on this helicopter? This little sweetheart. Miss July 89. God, I love this business. I love you. The party was wild. Love you again. They really knocked him dead. Imagine this arsenal of tactical nuclear weapons falling into the wrong hands. The Pentagon never did. Four minutes ahead of schedule. Damn, I'm good. Now, a team of terrorists have taken over. Wake up the president. But there's just one thing they didn't count on. The cook. Like some special forces guy or something. No, I'm just a cook. Oh my god, we're gonna die. This is not the work of a cook. I want you to coordinate your efforts with us. Yes, sir. I see that you completely disobeyed my orders. Roger that. Ryback is an ex seal, expert in martial arts, explosives. Stand back! Weapons and tactics. I also cook. The Nimitz is tracking two tomahawks just launched from the Missouri. Where are they headed? Honolulu. Happy trails. Steven Seagal. I know you, don't I? Tommy Lee Jones. Been a long time. I'll see you in hell, sailor boy! Under Siege. Now, Chris, that was our Halloween episode, and uh, I think it's safe to say that you in particular are glad we've got this one out of the way. I'll have to be thinking about what can we do next year. You know, we had a few in there. We had, um, let me think, we had Amityville Horror in the poll, didn't we? We had The Exorcist. That was that was close run, actually. I thought The Exorcist was going to come out there for a while, so we can just look forward to that one for next year. 
Thanks, Dave. Thanks very much. Um, <laughs> I will say, though, Dave, the week after next... Oh, I cannot wait. I'm not saying a word of people. but I know gone. you're going to try and do Eat My Dust. <laughs> Two. <laughs> Two. The sequel. The sequel. <laughs> Ron Howard is back, and this time he means business, Dave. No, you're going to love this one, Dave, and that's all I'm going to say. So, uh, absolutely. Now, what I want, Dave, as well, I want people to message in, if you can, Twitter, um, Instagram, obviously email in uh, on Instagram and Twitter at uh, VHS Strikes Back. If you want to email us, the VHS Strikes Back at gmail.com. I want to know if there's people out there who like it because I know you did, Dave, but I hated it. Or is the people out there who hate it and it's just me? who is the anomaly, Dave, who just just hated every minute of it because it'd be really interesting. Now today, Chris, I want to thank our executive producers, our Patreons. So we have new Patreon, of course. I announced him last week, but well, announced them last week. So John and Jeff from the Predator Minute. So thanks ever so much, guys. They've come in at the Top Gun level. Uh, Brent from Cinema Chat Podcast and Tony Farina. And we also have John Hammond as well. So those are our executive producers for today. Now, if you want to support us, you can get across to patreon.com forward slash the VHS strikes back. And you can look at all the different levels there. So you've got everything from a pound. There's one at three pound, five pound, ten pound. And you get a little bit more each time the different levels you go up. And of course, we always mention it. It's slightly in jest, tongue in cheek. But uh, we have the McFly. So uh, if you want to pay for that and we'll all go across to vegas and release uh, uh record and release an episode from there and that'll take us like five minutes and then we'll just hit <laughs> vegas yeah what are you waiting for <laughs> so yeah I, I think a lot of people will i think a lot of people will, will like it and we'll have to put out a, a message like you say particularly on twitter and, and see if people come back with uh, that they like it or or even that they don't now, Chris, I've been enjoying throwing you under the bus and asking you how to uh, finish off the movie. But I thought I thought I'll let you off since you've had such a rough time of this one in particular. Because <laughs> I actually think that you are, in this review, what Franklin is to the, to the movie. Because he says, he, 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 come on, Franklin, it's going to be a fun trip. He, if I have any more fun today, I don't think I'm going to be able to take it. I'll see you next week. That was better than him, Dave. But anyway, see you next time. Bye. Bye now. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? What are we going to do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better get back because it'll be dark soon and they mostly come at night. Mostly. I'll be back. That's not. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Wax on, wax off. Get to the chopper! One ring to go. All right. Ding, ding. Bust you up. Go for it. Well, here we go. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't nothing. You must be crazy or something. I'm crazy. You're just a stupid Yeah, maybe you can be some. ain't breathing heavy. He's a fool. He's stupid. I've seen you in six months. Come on. I must break you.